Joe and Big Al Spitball on bridging the gap to your retirement income when there's a pension in the mix. Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 456. Manley and his wife are in their early 50s and have teacher's pensions. Can they retire early in two and a half or even one and a half years? Can Bucky in the Midwest retire in 2024? And can Henry Carl Kittensburg III retire in about three years with all the milk his heart desires? How should Paul in Houston choose his pension options for early retirement? Is Greg in Southern California's CalSTRS teacher's pension enough for his retirement? Keaton Money in Colorado needs the fellows to help him decide between his pension's fringe benefits and brokerage account returns. And Big Paw in a mid-Atlantic state asks the fellas to spitball on how to reduce his taxes on an impending headcount reduction lump sum payout. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joy Anderson CFP and Big Al Clopine CPA. Let's see, we got Manly from Nashville, Tennessee. Goes, hey Joe, Big Al, Andy, my name is Manly. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I drive a 2023 Ford Bronco. My wife drives a 2004 Nissan Xterra. Had no pets. However, we have two children, freshman in college, and a junior in high school. No longer drink, but if I did, it'd be little Gentleman Jack neat. Mm, Sounds good. (laughs) I found your podcast three weeks ago, and I'm obsessed with it. I feel sorry for you, (laughs) manly. My wife and I have been teachers our entire career. Our individual salary ranges have been 24000 to 88. We've been married for a little over 23 years and have benefited from a generous inheritance of $70,000 and were gifted $13,000 early in our marriage to purchase a vehicle. We have always lived within our means. We have been tracking our spending and writing a monthly budget since our sixth month of marriage. I'm 50. Wife is 53, no current health issues or concerns, and we want to plan on meeting our needs to our 90s. So, all right. We got salaries. Manly's 88,000, wife's 85. Current annual expenses is, I'm just going to call it 100,000 a year. I think that's good. That shows he's doing his budget. He gave us the exact figure. College expenses paid through 529 college savings plan and merit scholarships. Current yearly investment contributions, Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks of 24875 Investment allocations, 90% are in equities, 10% bonds. Combined investments, now retirement accounts of 865 brokerage savings, 85 home, $1.2 million of equity. Social Security, 3000 at age 67. Wife is 27 at age 67. Pension. I'll be eligible to draw my full pension, 30 years of service at the end of 2025. My estimated monthly pension without survivor benefits of June 2025 would be $3,500 a month. My pension in my wife's pension receives a COLA every year. She will receive approximately $1,500 a month. Retirement date, if possible, no later than June of 2026. So what's that? We got a year and a half? June 2026. Yeah. Two, yeah. Actually, three years. Well, it's 20, just under 20, three. 2023. Yeah. So we got 24, 25, two and a half years. Yeah. yeah two and a half years. Yep. All right. So yearly desired income at retirement. We would like annual income of 84000 to to $100,000 a year. I think we can make it on 84 because we would no longer be contributing to our investment accounts. All right. You got all that down, Big Al? I do. Okay. They want to spend 100000 uh, they want to retire in two and a half years. They have roughly, call it, 
Well, they got nine hundred thousand dollars in uh, investment accounts and yeah, sixty k, sixty k of pension. Call it uh, sixty five thousand in Social Security. Okay, so it's looking pretty good so far. I think so. All right. First question for Spitball: Would we like to retire as soon as June twenty twenty five? But are we? But we are willing to work part time. My wife's parents are eighty two and eighty five respectively, and her father is not in good health. My parents are in their mid seventies and in good health. We would like to enjoy time with our parents while we are living, based on the information shared. What do you see as the best option? If we retire in June twenty twenty five or twenty six, how much part time income would we need? Number two, if we did not want to work part-time, in what earliest year could we retire? These are very specific questions by Manly, yeah, by the way. They are. They and are. This is a question 1A and 1B, and then there's a second one that's got 2A. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. And this is one, I don't do this very often. I edited this one because it was three pages, and I made it just over one. Right. So, so sorry, Manly, if, if I deleted some important stuff, but we only have so much time. Related to the spitball analysis, at the end of, of our lives, considering past stock market performance, would our nest egg at that time of retirement have grown or would we be spending this down as we age? Again, I really enjoy the show and the love in the levity uh, you bring to investing in retirement planning. Keep up the good work. All right. So. Two and a half years would like to retire in one and a half years. Can he do it? And he's 50 some. Yeah, he's 50. So, so let's say he's 52. Wife will be, call it 54, 55. Okay. And so he could collect his pension 30 years of service, 3,500. Wives get 15. So that's 4,500. So we got to come up with another $40,000 a year. Correct. And if you take 40. Yeah, if we take forty from the portfolio, let's That's see what that is. Six percent. Forty minus into nine. Um, it's a yeah, no, it's about four and a half. What? It, what? Forty into eight sixty-five. Yeah, I did forty into nine hundred thousand. Okay, so four and a half, five percent. Yeah, probably. Yeah, call it five. Five yep. percent, which is pretty rich in your fifties. You know, we kind of would like you to be closer to three percent. But you've got Social Security coming, although not for a while. So then it's just a matter of trying not to deplete your portfolio while you finally make it to Social Security. So if it were me, Joe, I would probably, I just am going to be really simple. I want 100000 I got sixty coming in. I'd want part-time work of forty. keep the portfolio working. That, that's what I would do. Yeah, I agree 100%. They're 50 years old. I get you want to spend some time with the fam. But between the two of them, they need to make 40000 20000 a pop. I think so. And then if as long as you're comfortable with that, I think this works. I think you do that for a while, though, right, until you hit Social Security. I mean, you may not have to wait all the way to Social Security because your portfolio will keep growing, right? But anyway, I just, in my early 50s, if I'm, yeah, I'd rather not be dipping into savings, especially since it's a good figure. It's 900000 but it's also... You know, based upon their spending of 100K, there's not a lot of wiggle room here. Yep. I mean, super close. Because you're building a bridge from 53 of Manley's age to his age 67. I mean, that's a pretty big bridge. So I agree with you. I would want to let that grow because the 900,000 could grow to $2 million by the time they pull it. And then 
Yeah. They have a little bit more comfort there. And if he doesn't mind working part-time. Or maybe just one of them works part-time. Yeah, or half-time or whatever. Yeah, wh- whatever. That's what I would do. And whether you retire in 25 or 26, I don't care. <laughs> Either one works. Just make sure you backfill with some part-time income. All right, Manly. Hey, uh, appreciate you listening. I'm glad you found us. Hopefully this helps. We got Paul from Houston, Texas. Right, Sam. He goes, hey, my wife and I are 52, y'all. Uh, we have two fantastic boys, 2017. I drive a 2018 Jeep Wrangler. My wife drives a 2022 hybrid Jeep Wrangler. We love to visit microbreweries. Of course you do. You have a hybrid. And <laughs> sample different beers. I prefer lagers in hazy IPA. She prefers wits in Hefeweizens. We love to travel to different cities and explore the local beers. That's oh. a good time. You know what? Sign me up. That sounds yep. good. My wife has a pension and will be fully vested in three years at 55. Uh, This pension gives us two options. We take the traditional pension payout at $66,000 per year, or if we take the cash value $1.3 million. If we use the 4% rule, this would generate around $55,000 per year. I'm anticipating that this would still have principal remain. If we take the cash value of the pension, we could continue to work two or three years and allow the cash pension to grow for a few more years. This would push our retirement back to 55 to nearly 58 years old. It seems like the main difference between the two options would be the amount of principal left to our heirs. Question. How do we weigh the options of the cash value and the traditional pension payout? Please share your wisdom and thoughts on leaving some of the money to the heirs. Am I overlooking something about my pension option? Additional information. We have about $2 million in assets for retirement. That's above and beyond the the pension? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Traditional 401k and IRA balances a 1.5. Roth, one or 120 grand. Uh, Non-qualified, 300,000. Full Social Security will be 35 and $40,000 per year when we turn 67. Current household income is around $300,000. We're planning on needing $200,000 a year in retirement, which should allow for a significant amount of travel and sample beers. All right. Paul, like let's, it. let's um, I don't have a why don't, why don't we start with the pension? So either you get $66,000 a year or you get a cash value of $1.3 million and 4% rule would pay out about $55,000. So that's the first question. I, I guess a follow-up question I would have is, does the pension have a cost of living adjustment? That would be a pretty important thing to know. Or is it fixed? I'm guessing it's fixed. Yeah. So if it's fixed, I would more likely probably take the payout. I would get the distribution. I'd have access to the funds. I could do Roth conversions if I felt like it. You, I mean, you would take the lump sum. Probably. Is that what you said? Yeah. Instead of the pension payout. Yeah, you I think so. Yeah. Well, which one are you taking? Are you taking the pension payout or are you taking the lump sum? The lump sum. That's what I just said. Well, you said payout. Oh, the payout of the lump sum. (laughs) That's what I meant. You're right. I did confuse it. All right. Then how about you? I mean, you'll probably look at it differently than me. What do you, what would you No, no. I think, well, he has to take a look at the internal rate of return of the cash flows is really how you determine it. And it's going to be based on life expectancy. So how long does he have to live? Is he in good health? Does he have longevity? Because if you take the income, if he takes the pension payment and he lives a long time, he's going to receive a lot more money potentially from the overall pension, right? It's just an internal rate of return 
calculation. So it's just going to be based on assumptions. How old is he now? When is he going to take it? And then how long does he expect to live? If he expects to live a long time, his rate of return is going to be higher. If he lives till normal life expectancy, it's probably going to be lower. So it depends on what he wants to anticipate is a, is a good rate of return on investment. So I think that's with every investment. You look at it as what's the, what is your expectation of that investment and what do you want it to do and what do you think is realistic for your overall situation? Are you looking for 10% rates of return or are you satisfied with a 45 or 3% rate of return? So uh, I think, first of all, you look at what's the internal rate of return and is that a good return given what his goals are? And it sounds like he has plenty of assets to do the things that he wants to do. So... Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I so I'll go back to my original question: Is there a cost of living adjustment? If there isn't, it's in a fixed number. That then I would more likely take the lump sum because then that could grow. You could actually have increases in your monthly amount. Now the problem with that is you got to self-manage. Now maybe he's comfortable with that. He already has a couple million dollars in in assets for retirement. So if he's comfortable with that, on the other hand. If he's not that comfortable investing, maybe you'd go for the sure thing, right? Which is the pension. And so then at least you're not in charge of your entire destiny. But based up, for me, that's one of the first questions I would ask. Is there a cost of living adjustment? Because to me, that makes a pretty big difference in what this is going to look like over the long term. But you, all, you're, you are right, Joe, which is if you've got a shorter life expectancy, then of course you, you, you would take the lump sum because the pension is going to stop when you both pass away. But- if I'm looking at the numbers now, he wants to spend $200,000 a year. He wants to retire at 55. Right. So if let's just say he takes the pension. So he still needs $130,000 a year. At Correct. 55. So if yeah. I look at $130,000, he needs 4 million. Yeah, he, he that's a 6.5% distribution rate. So he's not there. On the other hand, he's got about 75000 a year coming in Social Security, albeit it's quite a ways out. Yeah, it's another huge bridge. Yeah. And, I don't think he's got enough liquid assets. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I, yes, that was going to be another point, right? I, I agree with that. I don't, I don't think this works. At 200000 a year, it's something small. Like, here's probably the math you would do is pension. If you do pension, let's just go with that right now. 66000 and you got $2 million, you're 55. Let's go, what, 3% distribution rate? Just yep. figure figure a number, 60K plus 66, 126. That's your number, roughly. Maybe a little higher because Social Security is coming, you know, because you got a big income stream coming. You know, maybe maybe 150,000 is what he can spend. Maybe tops, right? Ah. I, I would say that's tops. No. You know, the safer bet, if you really, so you got basically at a 3% distribution rate, we'll call it 125. So you need another 75,000 somehow if you want to spend 200. So that's your part-time income. Or you just, if you can figure out how to do this and sample beers on more of a budget, <laughs> then you could do it at 125. Yeah. But I see his point. He's got $2 million earmarked for retirement. He's thinking, hey, I got another 1.3 vested in my wife's pension. So now we got three and a half million dollars. Oh, I only want to spend two hundred, you know, two hundred thousand dollars a year. I should be good, but he's retiring at fifty-five or even fifty-eight. Yeah, like, that money's got to last 30, 40 years. And with yeah. that large of distribution from fifty-eight to sixty-eight, ten years of pulling out one hundred fifty thousand dollars out of a couple of million, even though a couple of millions a ton of money, 
But if that market turns, it's all ordinary income too, just about. The pension's going to be taxed at high rates. The 401ks, IRAs are all taxed at ordinary income. He's got little diversification from a tax perspective. So I think what Paul needs to be doing is, first of all, mapping things out and looking at that bridge from when the pension comes in or when he fully wants to retire to, to bridge it out to full retirement age where he can collect his Social Security and then kind of back test it to figure out what he needs. He probably needs another million dollars or spend less, right? I think 150 is probably the number that he can spend. Yeah, or just add some part-time income. Agree. And the other thing people miss, Joe, is that $200,000 of expenses with inflation keeps going up, right? Yeah. Well, so, well then you got to pay tax on that too, Al. That's another right. 40, 50 grand. Uh, of course. And so like, let's just say he retires at 58. So that's call it six years from now. Now the, the 200,000 expenses is really 240. You got to make sure... You don't have this fixed number for expenses as you're calculating everything else with growth rates and rates of return. So you have to make sure you inflate your expenses by the rate of inflation. Don't get us wrong, Paul. You're doing a hell of a job. Congratulations. You got a, a, a great nest egg. Uh, you have another nest egg coming from a, a form of a pension. 200 might be a little bit rich, but Houston. Yeah, I almost died in Houston. <laughs> oh, because of the heat? Yes. Playing golf? Playing golf in Houston. Yeah. Freaking IPAs either. If I would have drank IPAs, I would have died. I yeah, you, had a you, stroke. you wouldn't be here, right? Would, yeah. Almost dehydrated. But the cost of living in Houston is a little bit cheaper than yeah. I mean, 200 goes a pretty long way in Houston. Oh, sure. Some other areas. How will you generate income in retirement? After a lifetime of saving, making the transition to retirement means facing a whole new set of challenges. As you plan today, you face a very different retirement landscape than the ones your parents saw. We're living longer and may need to rely on that retirement income for much longer. Go to the podcast show notes and download our free Retirement Income Strategies Guide, newly updated for 2023. It explains how to answer five questions that you need to ask yourself before you retire. Learn about the sources of income available for you in retirement, how to maximize your Social Security benefits, and how to develop a retirement income strategy that meets your needs. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app, go to the show notes, and download the Retirement Income Strategies Guide for free. Got Greg from Southern California writes in. He goes, hey, I don't hear too much about retiring as a teacher with the Calsters pension. Whether or not it's enough. Calsters. California State Teachers Retirement System. Yes. Keep it score. <laughs> Calsters encourages saving more on our own through the Pension 2 403B program or some other avenue. But my wife and I feel like we could just find on the pension alone. I should retire with around $8,300 a month gross. If I take the 75% option, that will leave my wife with plenty of monthly payout for the rest of the life if I kick the bucket first. I also have a supplemental defined benefit plan that is currently worth 62000 That can either be taken as a lump sum or a short-term annuity upon retirement. Our house will be paid for by then when I retire. Uh, we currently have about $18,000 in savings, and we are not quite fully funding our Ross that currently have a combined worth of 79000 Also, have a 403B, which I no longer fund, worth $100,000. Seems like we should be just fine, right? We do love to travel, but don't carry debt. Seems like we can live comfortably on $8,300 a month, and the extra can be used for special things and blessing others. 
The only challenge is if I retire before 59, seven years away. My wife is two years younger than me, so we'll have to cover her health care from 63 to 65. My district provided health care coverage will end once I hit Medicare. Your spitball is greatly appreciated. Love the show. Greg, SoCal teacher, 8300 bucks. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, the real simple answer. Yeah. I mean, if you spend less than what comes in. <laughs> yeah. So to break that down by year, that's 100000 a year in pension, 100000 a year in expenses. And presumably that covers taxes, I'm guessing, but I, we don't know that for sure. And then currently about 250000 of other assets for extras. Plus, I guess if he's going to work another at least seven years or, well, he said he could retire before 59. So there's going to be more growth, more savings. But with that much pension, it's not like you have to do a ton, right? So, I mean, based upon the numbers that we have, it, yeah, it looks just fine. Yeah. Congrats. You have a giant pension, $100,000 fixed income pension. That's right. like having a 401k plan worth over $2 million. Yeah. Yeah. Or more, maybe two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. And so we, we talk about pensions all the time. Maybe we don't get a lot of um, teachers that, that write in. But yeah, I, yeah. I, think, you're, I think he's great. Yeah, um, me, yeah, if he's going to spend less, 83000 fixed income, he could blow through that 200000 in like a year. Who cares? If he if he can't live off hundred grand, he's already living probably a lot less than that. Probably. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, the math that we just went through, just for if you're keeping score, is if he had $2.5 million in a retirement account at a 4% distribution rate, that's $100,000. So what we're saying is Greg doesn't have $2.5 million. But it's almost like he had two and a half million because it's producing a hundred thousand of income. That's where we get that math. Okay, great. Let's do Bucky in the Midwest. Yeah. Okay, Bucky. I'm curious if I'm in good shape to retire at age sixty. Wife is fifty eight. Drive a ten year old. Audit. A four. <laughs> I think that's supposed to be Audi. His email program probably corrected that to audit. <laughs> A drink of choice is red wine. He's got annual salary of three hundred fifty thousand. IRAs of four hundred one k's of three and a half million. Brokerage of four and a half million. Yeah, Bucky, I think you're fine. And <laughs> and a, a question. <laughs> yeah, and a, whatever. My Social Security is going to be two million. I got a pension. Uh, let's see. We'll receive pensions of four thousand dollars a month. Social Security is four thousand dollars a month at age sixty six. Wife is fifteen hundred. Home equity is one point two. No other expenses or liabilities. Questions. I want to maintain this lifestyle. Can I do it and retire in 2024? So he wants to maintain what lifestyle? Well, we don't know, but it's something probably less than 350 because he's saving. Yeah. So let's just say 300 just to pick a number, right? And if he takes the 8 million times 4%, that's already 320. If he, if you take pension and social security, which don't start right away, but that's another... I don't know, 110,000 right there. So, I mean, no matter how you, you slice this, it's looking pretty good. Yeah. Bucky, you're good. Congrats. <laughs> we got Keaton money. Keaton I money. think last month we had Brent money. Now we got Keaton money. I wonder if they're a family. I don't know. It's from Colorado. Keaton money, Colorado. Hi, Andy, Joe, Big Al. Been listening to your show for over a year now. And I have to say is by far. 
the most entertaining financial podcast I have ever found. Wow. Wow. Uh, he hasn't really looked very far. <laughs> it was uh, probably ours and one other. Important stuff first. Wifey, she's 32, y'all. I'm 33, y'all. Been married nine years. In her free time, she is studying to be a sommelier. Did sommelier. Sommelier. Yeah, that's the second time we've seen that word in the last month. Yeah, a lot of people like to taste their wines. In her drink of choice is a little glass of Cabernet Sauvignon. I like nice. a good coin-style margarita or a little local IPA. We have three rescue cats in a big, goofy Bernese mountain dog. All right. Wife is a physician and absolutely killing the game. She brings home $225,000 a year and maxes out her 401k each year. First with pre-tax dollars to get the employer match and the rest in Roth contributions. I work for the state, make 80 grand. I max my 401k Roth 457s. We also invest a small but growing amount in a brokerage account at uh, Vanguard. My question is regarding my mandatory 418 defined benefit plan. I am no longer contributing to Social Security, although I did manage to work my 40 quarters at an SS job, so while receiving modest benefit. I just hit one year with the state, and as such, I have the option to either remain in the pension plan, where I will contribute 11% of my salary, with an 11% match by the state, or leave the plan in exchange for a self-directed brokerage account where my mandatory contribution would be 8%, but the state would kick in 12. After five years, I'm vested 50% in the pension matching dollars should I decide to cash out, roll over, instead of take the lifetime benefit, or 100% in the self-directed matching dollars. Does it take a genius to see that it makes dollar sense to go with the self-directed brokerage? At age 65, that will have grown to a much larger sum than the pension will ever pay out. But am I being too hasty and failing to quantify the other benefits that the pension offers? Obviously, aside from the guaranteed income stream, it has other features such as survivor benefits, disability benefits, and health benefits that supplements Medicare. Is it worth giving up some investment return for the sake of diversification in fringe benefits? Been listening long enough to know you don't give advice, but we'd love to hear your spitball. All right. Interesting. This is an interesting question. It, it is. So the, in the first case, the pension between he and the state, it's 22%. The second case between he and the state, it's 20%. So it's a it's actually a lower amount going into the self-directed. Because he's putting in 11%, they're matching 11 or he can put in a lower amount on his side, and they'll still... And they put in more, but overall, it's less. Correct. So then it depends upon what is the rate of return. I mean, what sort of investments are in the pension, which we don't know. So to me, it's not obvious that one is going to be better than the others, at least from the information presented. We, we are totally flying blind. Yeah, I mean, we don't... I mean, the pension... So just off the surface, the pension is going to get more money per year. So theoretically, similar investments, same, same, the pension would have more dollars. And so right. potent, potentially you could have a higher lump sum if that's the way you decide to go. Right. Because you're saving more into the overall plan. Yeah. But more is coming out of your own pocket. So maybe, you know, maybe you got to consider that in, but yeah, we, we certainly know that 
many state pension plans have great benefits like health insurance for life and things like that, that I think that's the question. I, you know, how do you think about that? You don't want to discount that benefit. Well, his wife is a physician in killing him. <laughs> so maybe it doesn't matter. <laughs> right? So, she's, yeah. She makes three times as much as our boy here, Keaton Money. And she's maxing out everything. And she's right. She's putting money into the Roth plan. She's going to continue to save. They're going to continue to build non-qualified dollars as she builds her career. She's 32 years old. Right. Right. In 10 years, she's probably going to be making a lot more than that. They'll be saving a lot more than that. Doesn't make sense to have a guaranteed pension income, you know, when they retire as a floor. Right. It, it may. Right. Because. It, it, yeah. It, there, 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 there's probably going to be a lot of different liquid assets. So, but we don't know. I mean, we're comparing basically what you're saving into the self-directed account versus a pension. That's all we have. Yeah. And, you're, oh, and there's more going into the pension. So it's not obvious to us that the brokerage is better than the pension. In fact, it seems the reverse. Now, on the other hand, maybe the pension, maybe it's really conservative investments, but we just don't know. Maybe it's in a fixed account that's growing, yeah. next, but it's just going to say, hey, if you save into this, you're going to receive 85% of your income or 70% of your income, 60% of your income, or we're going to look at your highest five years, five years before you retire, and you're going to receive a, per a percentage of that depending on how many years of service that you put in with the state, right? It's going to be a calculation like that. But what is the COLA that he receives on his income? I don't know. Does it include health benefits? So there's other things that you have to consider here, which I, which is a really good question. Yeah, it is a good he's question. He's 32. He's not going to get the pension for another 20 years. So yeah. does it make sense maybe to self-direct it? He can take on more risk. He still gets the match. If he's going to work for the state for a while, he could continue to build up that nest egg, um, and then he can control his own destiny. I don't know. I, I mean, I like both options. But I would want to know what the calculation is with the pension. Is it high five? Is it your highest last year? Is it if you put in 30 years of service, is it 2% at 55? You know, so there's all different ways on how you calculate the defined benefit, depending on what that pension plan is. Yeah, maybe something else, Joe, is Keaton spends a long sentence telling us what happens after five years. In terms he, of vesting, yeah, he doesn't well, stay there for. Well, that's what I'm thinking. If you think you, you know, you had a year in, you don't even know if you can make it to five. Then go for the self-directed. It's got better, better vesting. <laughs> I've been here a year, and I got an option for the pension, but I'm the vesting schedule <laughs> in five, five years. years. Yeah, it's, if he's not going to stick around, if he's out of there in five years, then absolutely, you know the answer. Take the self-directed. A hundred percent. Or even if you're thinking that's a reasonable possibility, then there's no question. Take the self-directed. All right, buddy. You know, you can put your pension options into our free retirement calculator and compare them to see how they change your retirement outlook. Just go to easyretirement.com. That's E-A-S-I retirement.com. Create a login, enter your income, your pension lump sum or monthly payments and any survivor benefit, your retirement and other savings and your monthly expenses and see how things look. E-A-S-I stands for Education Assessment Strategy Implementation. You get your financial education here on YMYW. And the easyretirement.com calculator can help you with assessing your situation and looking at your long-term strategy. Implementation of that strategy is the most important part, and that's on you. 
But here at Pure Financial, we can help you nail down the details and put that plan in place. Just schedule a meeting with an advisor right there within easyretirement.com. Check it out for yourself and let us know what you think. Get started at easyretirement.com. That's E-A-S-I retirement.com. Here's a question for us, Big Al. Tim? Can we retire at 59? Oh, I like it when we get the question first. Then we know what we're looking for. Yeah, now we're prepared. <laughs> you could call me Henry Carl Kittensburg III. Okay. Okay, we will. <laughs> I think I'll just call him Henry for short. You gotta love <laughs> his listeners. Yeah, right. The, the name our daughter gave the cat my wife has. So the daughter gave the cat Henry Carl Kittensburg III. Pretty smart daughter. Yeah. I don't have a cat. Don't care for pets. Yeah, yeah, you refer yourself as a kitten. <laughs> yeah, but you refer yourself as a cat. All right. So they all belong to others at the house. My brother put me in onto your podcast. All right. Since I get up too early and can't sleep, I've listened to many of the back sessions. Thanks. Oh, Henry. Carl Kittensburg. Big fan. Early the in the morning. The second. Yeah. He hates pets. <laughs> he can't sleep. Yeah. So he listens, he listens to the podcast. This, yeah, this garbage show. And, and, he, and, he, and he's thinking in the wee morning hours before this dawn, right? It's dark and he's thinking, you know what? If I ever have a question, I'm going to name myself Henry Carl Kittensburg the second. Yeah, I think it's the third. It is. I typoed it on the second page. Yeah. I left out the, the third. Page. Oh, it's the third. Okay. Uh, Got it. Got it. Okay. I heard the plea for more spitballs that are not ones in the millions at age 26. Ha! And are more closely reality. I decided to send in for a spitball. I feel very blessed, but listening to the podcast, it seems I must be in the poor class again. I don't even conceptualize Many of the situations people have. Okay, let's break it down for you. Yeah. He wants retired 59, Al. That's a question. That's all he that's, started this thing. So that's, he started talking so, about Henry Carl Kitzenberg and that he hates <laughs> cats and hates people and can't sleep. <laughs> but he wants retired 59 and a half, and now he feels like he's in the poorhouse. Okay, that's what we got so far. Poorhouse, yeah. cats, 59. <laughs> we are in Western Ohio. I drive a 2003 Dodge Ram. In a company Kia Telluride, she drives a 2017 Honda Accord, and I rebuilt that I rebuilt from a total wreck. Quite satisfying. My wife drinks Lacroix. I drink. Wait for it. Milk. And he named himself Kittensburg. <laughs> well, maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah, he's a riot. He is. Uh, some of the specs of our situation 56 want to retire 59 spouse is almost 57 it does not work outside the home volunteers daily income 190 deferred comp 25 annually annual expenses after taxes and 401k etc equals a hundred thousand dollars what about the same in retirement spending in today's dollars except years one and two of retirement will only need forty thousand dollars annually and years five through six the same only 40000 annually. Yeah, probably because of deferred comp, I'm guessing. I'm guessing that is the case, too. Social Security at age 67 for myself plus spouse is 56. Uh, he's got 760000 in retirement accounts. Taxable accounts is two hundred, And another $250,000 lump sum pension 
and then adding another hundred thousand dollars in December from inheritance. So we got eight, that's a, that's nine. one point one point three. Yep, one point three, one point four ish. Yep. He's got three houses. Well, yeah, but he needs three houses to carry all the milk. All, all the milk. <laughs> Total loans two hundred seventy five thousand. Rental income thirty eight thousand. Rental expenses, including mortgage, is thirty two thousand. Current equity in all three is five hundred thirty five thousand. Annually, adding fifty thousand to taxable, adding forty to four hundred one k. Thanks a ton. All right, so he wants to retire. Let's just kind of recap some of this because yeah. I just have milk on my mind. <laughs> you can't think about anything else. I know. He's got one. All right. Let's call it $1.3 million. He's 56. He wants to retire in three years. Yeah. He wants to spend $100,000. Yep. Fixed. Um, well, hold on. He's got more than that, right? Did we add in the lump sum pension and all that? Uh, I, I did. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I, I did. Yeah. So here's what I'm thinking, Joe. If I just look at the rental properties, that's about $5,400 a month profit. And that's even after reserves and repair renovations. So that's call it sixty-five thousand a year just from that. So he wants to spend a hundred, got sixty-five, so that's thirty-five left over. And if you take thirty-five into one point three million, it's a two point six percent distribution rate, right? Where, and that's where, that's where are you where are you getting that? Look at rent, rental, look, look rental at, income look, of thirty-seven thousand eight hundred. Yeah, rental expenses, including mortgage. 30, 32.4. That's $5,400 a month profit. Okay. Think about it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, but is that a year? No, that's where I, I thought that was a year. Oh, you think it's a year? Yes. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, sorry. You, you, you got big yeah. properties. To there, to yeah. yeah, totally botched it. Yeah, you're right. That's a year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I meant what I just said. So 100000 minus five grand. Of income. So he needs 95, right? And 95 <laughs> 1.3 million is a seven and a half percent distribution rate. So that doesn't work. But he's got social security of 56,000, right? If that were, if that, but that's not till 67, 100,000 minus five minus 65. Now it's 30 grand into 1.3. Now that does work, but you got a pretty good stub period where you're just draining the portfolio, but you also have another three years to save and he's saving a lot. So <laughs> there's actually a lot of calculations here to figure out if this works or not, but he's short. Yeah. yeah just without doing the calculations, I think he's short too. I think he's going to have to work longer than 59. We up or spend less or spend less. Yeah. That's always the option or work part-time, you know, to bridge the gap. And if you work part-time, I mean, if you just take the 1.3 million, let's say 3% distribution, that's 40 grand. You got five. So you need 55,000 roughly to not get, you know, to not really decimate your portfolio. So you're making, what's he making? 300? Yeah. How much he's making right now? I bet he can spend, here's my, here's just a, just a wild ass guess. What is that called? Wag or was? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It could be a wag. 65, 70,000 max spend. That's my final offer. Yeah, w without working part time. Without working part time, if he wants to retire at fifty nine, I think he can spend around seventy thousand dollars because the, the, yeah, the distribution I, I, rate is going to be high. But he's got 
He's yeah. again, we're building bridges here. He's gonna he's gonna take a higher distribution rate, but then it depends on inflation. It's gonna depend on his investment portfolio. It's gonna depend on taxes. Oh, there's all sorts of different things. We're just kind of running the numbers out the back yeah. of our the, the envelope. But yeah, the milkman needs to go work a little bit more or drink less milk. <laughs> Uh, 100% agree, Joe. I think uh, it's hard to know exactly what. So, I mean, my quick calculation is you need about 55000 uh, in part-time income, but that doesn't include that Social Security is coming, right, in seven years, right, or, or eight years, right, after that. So, you know, you factor that in, you're probably pretty close. And no. what'd, you, what'd, what'd you say? You need about, what, 40, 35 grand part-time income, something like that? Yep, yep. Or spend. 35 to 40,000 less. less. That's, that'd be the other approach. All right. Thanks for the email, Henry Carl Kittensburg third. Yeah, I, that probably didn't help at all. But Well, we didn't give him the right answer, but we're save being little, honest. Save a, little, <laughs> save a little more, work a little longer, spend a little less. You're all right there. Got Big Paw from Mid-Atlantic State. We got Paws 58, Beautiful Maws 55, Kids, Several either fully launched or college fully funded mortgage balance, $170,000 at 1.99%. Eight years left value, 700,000. No other debt. Pre-tax balances, one and a half million dollars. Roth balance, 350 grand. Taxable balances, T-bills, CDs, stocks, cash accounts, 350 grand. Expected lump sum retirement in 2026. Not currently considering taking pension annuity options. So he's not even considering it. He's going to get $1.3 million or $6,600 a month. Did you notice that this is almost the exact same number (laughs) as the other lump sum pension calculation we did earlier in the show? That's very similar. Very close. So so if you take the the actuary that put these together are pretty smart. Yeah, they, they know what they're doing. Yeah, they basically take the internal rate of return on this thing, and it's like, all right, well, here, if you think you can get 5% in the market, we're going to give you four and a half, five, but you're going to get a guarantee. It's going to be a little bit lower, and if you live to normal life expectancy, it's a decent rate of return. If you live past life expectancy, you're going to get a lot more. If you live less, well, then the heirs are going to get something. Yeah, correct. Andy, did you look at it? It seems like you're doing some research there. No, I'm taking notes. Oh, God. <laughs> so I can make show notes. Oh, all right. Oh, look at that. Show so, notes. So, Joe, by the way, we're at about 3.4 million, including okay. the lump sum. He's got an old Chevy Suburban and even an older Chevy Suburban. See, several kids, fully funded college as it relates to the car situation. He's got two dogs. He's got a little G sheep, G Shep. German Shepherd. Oh, is that what that is? German Shep. G Shep. G Shep. <laughs> and a pork collie. <laughs> I like that. That's what I would have read too, right on the spot. G Shep. (laughs) It's like I hadn't heard of that one, but I'm sure it's a cute dog. (laughs) We got Jefferson Small Batch Bourbon neat in the winter. A little gin and tonic with a little legalized homegrown summer weed in the summer. Big paw. Oh, and he's he's in a mid Atlantic state. We don't know which one. Oh, that's probably why. He's got a little Hef Bison on the golf course, chucking Frisbees for the dogs. So he's on the golf course not playing golf. It's chucking Frisbees for the dogs. Yeah, apparently. No. Background. Highly likely the company I work for will be having a headcount reduction. 
This will likely be before I turn 59 and a half, y'all. Currently, separation benefits will reach oh, will result in 78 weeks of pay upon separation. This is provided as a lump sum and issued through a payroll check. It used to be paid or spread out as a monthly check for the duration of the time. This lump sum is going to be around 300000 Spitball yeah. following two, please. Your idea is to pre-position or post-position actions to consider to minimize taxes on this lump sum. Your idea is on best method to handle the retirement lump sum at the same time as I'll be retirement eligible. Joe, Curious George is the best nighttime book for kids. All of our kids are successful, and I swear it started with that. You know what? I love Curious George. I do too. And I'm very successful in my own right. <laughs> in my own head, I'm very well, successful. Well, well, there you go. You're agreeing. Andy, now, in reference to your comment about reading and spelling with your kids, see, my reading it's is my note about it. It says Andy's note. Oh, sorry. To you. Got it. <laughs> this is in reference to you talking about how I, I just read. I'm just, just reading. I'm, I've been practicing reading, and I think well, it's improved quite a bit over the. It, Less it has. Years. That's why she put it in a different color so you wouldn't read it. Hey, I printed in black and white. I, I pr- yeah, black and white. I printed it out. Oh, white. you printed black. Oh, so you don't even know. Okay, got it. Cool. So let's see. Well, the lump sum pension, if he's going to take the lump sum, you're going to roll it into an IRA. That's a non taxable event. Correct. The 300000 that you're going to receive as a lump sum from the employment, the yeah. severance payment. Mm hmm. Are there some things that he could potentially do? It's tough because it's all wages. It's going to come right on your W-2. If you could shelter some of that through your 401k plan, do you want to give more to charity in a given year? Yeah, I think that's, I mean, those same, right? Best, best thoughts I have is if you're not maxing out the 401k, then do. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer. Charity, that's something you could set up a donor advice fund. If you're charitable and want to continue to give after you retire, donor advice fund allows you to get all the deduction in the year you want it. And then you have a fund that's for future years of of charity that you dole out as you see fit. So that could be a good solution. Something else that might be a long shot, but I'll mention it anyway. If the separation is right around year end, maybe, maybe, just maybe you could have the company pay half in December and half in January. So that would at least put it in a couple of years. And then you could max out 401ks in both years. I don't see how much money he wants to live off of. Well, I don't think he wasn't asking that. Yeah, but well, some of these tax planning strategies is going to be dependent on what his lifestyle is. Right? So, you know, <laughs> we, we see some plans come through and it's here. Here's a great way to save money in taxes. Give $100,000 away to a nonprofit organization. But uh, they're uh, like, well, I need every last penny to. To, to spend. Yeah, um, what do you mean? I've only got ninety thousand saved. Yeah, right. <laughs> How's this gonna work? Yeah. So <laughs> and I'm in, I'm in the twelve percent bracket. Is that right? Right. I'm this not gonna give get, me. This will give me negative taxable income. Well, I'm not gonna <laughs> get any really uh, benefit there. Uh, but he's sitting good. Yeah. I mean, so you got three point four million. Let's see. You retire before you know. Let's. I'll use a four percent, even though that's a little bit rich. But that allows you to take around one hundred thirty thousand, hundred forty thousand of income per year. Uh, I don't think he even told us Social Security, did he? We don't have the spending, so we we can't really 
spitball on whether this is this works or not. Well, how about the wife? She starts a business. Yeah. She loses a bunch of money the year that <laughs> true that he three. Well, maybe she, they always want because they're going to retire young. Yeah. Right? And or so, he, or he could start a business and lose yes. a bunch of money. But yeah, it, start it, a business. You yeah. buy your equipment. You buy whatever that you need to start the business. You build. Yeah, maybe get some right up that way. You what oil and gas? Little tax credit there. <laughs> yeah, would never recommend it, but you could do that. Low income housing. You could go into some low income housing credits. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that either because of the rate of return. That I wouldn't buy a rental property because of the passive loss rules. It would you'd be suspended losses, so you can't really do that. Yeah, it's kind of like pension and charity are kind of the main two levers probably that you have. That... Because it's W two income. If it came so yeah. much, then there's a lot of other potential that that he could have. But since it's coming directly from to the paycheck it's like all right well it's ordinary income yeah that's the tough part about all this it's always been that way for people in w2s there's not a lot of choices now if you have outside businesses or outside real estate and you can somehow be under that hundred fifty thousand dollars of income so you could take some deductions on your rental property then that could work or if you had a bunch of rentals and your wife was a real estate professional you could actually take losses that way but i mean that's a there'd be a lot to do in a short period of time to try to <laughs> buy a whole bunch of rentals and tell you tell your wife okay honey you're gonna be in charge of all this <laughs> well i think you said big paw yeah it's i mean we don't know what you spend but it's you've got a lot to work with here for sure and uh yeah thanks for the advice with uh, a little curious george i'll take you up on that all right that's it for us hopefully you enjoyed the show andy thank you for putting together the pension show today <laughs> thank you thank you for doing the pension show Jeff. yes all right, Al. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Show's got your money well. Joe versus Craft Breweries, the Hybrid Jeep Wrangler, Coinstyle Margaritas, Joe versus Themes, the benefits of excessive amounts of milk for Henry Carl Kittensburg III, and Halloween in the derails. So stick around to the end of the episode. Help new listeners find YMYW by telling your friends about the show and by leaving your honest reviews and ratings for Your Money, Your Wealth in Apple Podcasts and all the other podcast apps that accept them. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 and schedule your free financial assessment in person at one of our many offices around the country or online at a date and time convenient for you no matter where you are. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals at Pure will be able to identify strategies that will help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. We love to travel to different cities and explore the local beers. That's oh. a good time. You know what? Sign me up. That sounds yep. good. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that, so. <laughs> You've got your very specific taste, don't you? Yeah. Well, you like, don't if, you much. Speak, if you get stuck in a brewery and it's all IPAs, and yeah. I don't drink IPAs, you know I will want a beer or two. Well, I'll tell you what. you haven't, Maybe even three. You haven't been to as many breweries as I have. Most of them have a pretty light beer. Mexican lager or a Japanese light beer, something like that. Or a blonde. 
So you think Paul in Houston, Texas is getting a Japanese light beer? No, I'm just well, telling you. Knows, uh, no. got it. No, he's, he's saying not. if you wanted to go if, drinking with Paul, there would right. be something you, for you. you. Usually could. They always, have, well, I shouldn't say always. They almost always have light beer options. But they're just not Coors Light. Got it. All right. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> what's a hybrid Jeep Wrangler? That's, yes, and uh, electric. Yeah. Just exactly. an electric Jeep Wrangler? They look no, the no it's, it looks the same. It's gas and electric. So it, in other words, it runs, it does a combination of the two. So it's a hybrid. Yeah, that's hence the name. <laughs> I thought it would look different. I guess that, that that should have been my question. Does the hybrid Jeep Wrangler look exactly like the regular Jeep Wrangler? Yeah, most of the hybrids, I don't know about the Jeep specifically, but most of the hybrids I've seen look just the same. Got it. All right. Point style. What does that mean? I have no idea. I'm going <laughs> to look it up. Yeah. Coin style margarita. A yep. silver coin margarita is made with silver tequila and Cointreau. So it's AKA silver coin margarita. Oh, a coin style. Okay. Got it. Contro, top shelf. So, all right. We're, we're doing a little lump sum pension kind of theme here today. Apparently. Got it. I don't like the themes. I get bored quickly. I like, I like <laughs> you, want to, you want to bounce around. I Listeners do. love the themes. I don't think they do. They've because, said well, they do. I'm reading this and answering the questions, and I'm getting bored. They have to be getting bored as well, don't you think? Well, how about this? Maybe we can compromise and do two different themes each oh. show. You like that? I don't care. I just read whatever <laughs> Andy puts together. And then complain about it. Yeah, well, that's kind of my MO. <laughs> now, we had a little Halloween. The little guy was the Hulk. Your little guy was Hulk? Oh, that's yeah. too cute. No, no, he was the Hulk. Yeah, we had uh, muscles and like growl at us. Sitting over here in Hawaii, the person that kind of right next to us, grandparents had a little nine-month-old, and she was dressed up like a shark. All right, but, but we're in Hawaii, yeah. but by the ocean, so it makes sense, right? Perfect. Wait for it, milk. And he named himself Kittensburg. <laughs> well, maybe that's why. <laughs> He's a riot. He is four and a half gallons a week on my own. What the hell? That's he drinks four and a half, four to five gallons of milk a week. That's what he's By saying. Himself, yeah. That, that's almost one a day. Almost. I don't think I drank a gallon of milk <laughs> the last five years. You probably had milk as a kid, probably ate cereal, right? Yeah, but I can't tell you the last time I had a, a glass of milk. Yeah, I actually can't either. I do. I I use oat milk for cream for coffee. And I use oat milk when I occasionally have uh, cereal in the morning, but that's about it. Four and a half, four to five gallons a week. Yeah. Probably um, never broken a bone. Uh, <laughs> true. A lot of good calcium. No wonder why I can't sleep in hate. <laughs> Stop drinking milk. He's, have a cocktail. He's, he's having trouble digesting it. Oh, my God. He's probably just bloated. <laughs> Did you know, according to some studies, it is the best hydrator? Some of the aspects of our situation. So milk is a good hydrator. So well, if you're according hydrated, to some studies. Yeah. I mean, he lives in Western Ohio. It doesn't live like in the tropics where he's sweating his ass off. Where right. he needs to hydrate. Well, maybe it's pretty warm in the maybe summer, the summer, I guess. Oh, yeah. I've actually heard the best hydrator is water. Very simple. Oh. Gatorade? No. Water. <laughs> Plain water. All right. <laughs> 